Welcome to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. This is the show that highlights and celebrates the kinetic and potential energy in classrooms across the globe and why it matters. We are heard nationally on your favorite podcast sites where you'll also find a library of all of our shows. And if you happen to live in Charleston, South Carolina, we're heard Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. on the iconic 1250 WTMA with the invaluable assistance of John Quincy. And here she is. This is her show, Robin Berlinski. Hey, Ron. How are you? I'm good. I'm really excited for today because we don't have a guest. It's just you and me. Yeah, but sometimes that's a good thing. Oh, I think so too. <laughs> I think so too. And get ready because we're going on a field trip. All right, I'm, I'm excited. So <laughs> get us started here because I've got a bunch of questions to jump in, but I want you to paint the picture. You always have questions and they're great. So at Engaging Creative Minds, we have this phrase, we say summer starts in September. And what that means is we start planning in September for the next summer because there's so much that goes into it. At the Learning Ring, I say the new school year starts in May. Because for me, parents should be thinking ahead to what their child will be doing in the new 180 days that they're in this new grade level. So today we're going to take a journey. It's going to be a field trip. We're going we're gonna to visit kindergarten through first grade, the math and English language arts standards. And I'm going to give you some fun activities you can do that are going to be fun this summer and will get your child ready to kick off the new school year. So this is a way to, of course, avoid something I learned from you, summer learning loss. Is that correct? The summer slide. Yeah. Yes, it is. And, you know, there are a, a, I'm like 500 pages of standards. So we've got 28 minutes. So we're going to dip our toe into this. But the intent is for parents to see how easy it is to have conversations, to play. There are games activities that you really would do anyway, but now you're more intentional. You might use a little bit different vocabulary so that this your child hears something and then can take that into the school year. And when there is a test in second grade on, you know, numeration, they'll be like, oh, I know what that means, the commutative property of addition. So it's just recognizing what is in the standards so that you can be more intentional as parents at home this summer. Well, I think that's great because a lot of parents, admittedly, probably don't know what to do. And, you know, take some notes, folks. This is an invaluable tool. Notes. And that's exactly right. I know, like, when I've had conversations with parents, they'd be like, oh, if I'd have only known that, I right. would have done it that way, you know. So you're right. So we're going to enter kindergarten first. Are right, you ready? Let's, let's go. So we're going to enter kindergarten and we're going to talk about math. So at the end of kindergarten, your child should be able to identify the first through fifth positions in a line of objects, right? So you've got first, second, third, fourth, fifth. It seems really easy. But do they know what that means? Do they understand if you pull out the third teddy bear, now the fourth teddy bear is actually the third teddy bear because you're going to push them down. Like Have conversations like that. Mix them up. And when your child masters first through fifth positions, move on. Go to 10th. Go to 15th. Move it on. Keep challenging because... We have a spiral curriculum, which means you'll visit something, you'll build a foundation in an early grade, you'll revisit it as you go through your journey through um, all the grades. And so it's great to have this foundation. Another math standard in kindergarten is recognizing a quantity of up to 10 objects in an organized arrangement. So think of um, dice. When you roll the dice, we can look at it and see immediately it's a six. We know the, the layout of it. We don't have to count each dot. We want kindergartners to be able to do that. And it has a name. It's called subitizing. 
So when you as a parent this summer play a game that has dice, talk about it. Say, oh, let's do some subitizing. Tell me what that is. Just throw that word out there because they're not going to know it unless you say it. And why study for a test in kindergarten when that word could just be a natural part of your conversation. So is that a word that a kid would actually hear in the kindergarten class? A teacher would say, this is an example of subitizing, yes. remember it, and, and then... Well, not so much remember it, but it, it will be brought up, and why not have your child go, oh, I know what that is. I, see, this is cool, and I just Isn't I love cool? the, the fact that you're promoting the parents and the kids to sit down and turn something fun into a learning experience. And you know, it's not flashcards. I'm not saying, okay, we're going to have fun, but I need you to know what this is. It's throwing something out there. And I've said in other shows, you know, when I was young, my mom used to throw out that word prerogative. That's your prerogative. And it took me a long time, but just by hearing it over and over and over again, I knew what it was. So it's, again, just using the vocabulary in your daily conversations, but don't change what you're already doing. Sure. And then another one, add and subtract fluently within five. Do it often when you're folding laundry. Oh, look, two socks. Hand me three shirts. How many are here? Just throw it out there. Have a conversation, but be intentional about adding and subtracting up to five. And then the last standard math standard I'll do for kindergarten is um, really fun. Comparing measurements, using phrases, this vocabulary, shorter, longer, shorter, taller, lighter, heavier. You know, you think about um, the very hungry caterpillar or inch by inch by Leo Leone. You've got all these great children's books where there are things you can measure and things you can compare. So use that vocabulary because it's in the standards. Okay. English language. Oh, before you continue. So I'll tell you what else I like about this. And, and I think it, it takes a parent to be especially aware and realize that those day-to-day activities that have to be done anyway, could also be learning experiences. Let's make breakfast. Let's, as you said, let's do the laundry. There's always counting involved. Let's, there's always, uh, well, let's look at it from a different uh, standpoint. I, I, I'm, I'm, my wheels are turning. I don't even yep. have young kids anymore, but if I did, I think I would when be taking When my oldest son, Alex, was a baby, and every time I changed his diaper, I made this a point. I would count his toes, and I would do it the exact same way every time I would go, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And, at, you know, by the time he was, you know, eight months old, he'd start to smile. Like, I know what we're doing. and But it's that repetitive counting. And again, it's not taking time out of our day. I'm not making him sit down and do flashcards. It's just like you said, part of what you're already doing. Sure. So English language arts, ELA, some of the standards in kindergarten are to understand concepts about print. And what that means is the simplest thing of when you read a book, you are reading left to right top to bottom. Words are separated by spaces in print. Those are fun things to just point out. Take a sentence in a book and write it out and chop it up, cut it up and put it back together and talk about what you're doing. These are words. These are letters. Letters make words. Words make sentences. Just having those conversations. No no skill and drill, just talking about it. Um, Reading regularly spelled one-syllable words, simple things, you know, cat, dog, just talk about it, write it. And then reading high-frequency words, which we like to call sight words, is really fun. And I like to um, call it reading the room. So in the summer, what I would do is take index cards and write the words that you see a lot, like the and and, and putting them around, you know, a room 
And then we would read it each day and you could take a, a fun yardstick or something where you could touch each word and just make it fun. Like let's read the room and you just touch them and read them. It's just a great way to get your high frequency words under your belt. So we're going to leave kindergarten now. We're going to move into first grade. So if your child is entering first grade next year, here are some cool math things you should do this summer. In first grade, students need to understand place value. They need to know that 10 ones can be bundled into a group of 10. And if you think about a first grade classroom in the morning, there's a calendar activity and you've probably seen a lot of teachers using craft sticks or popsicle sticks. And sometimes you put them in those McDonald's French fry containers and you have them stapled to the wall and the kids each day add a stick. And once you get to 10, you bundle them and you move them to the tens place. It's a way to create a concrete um, way to understand a math that's a math concept that's abstract. So place value. Start doing stuff like that with your kids. Two-digit numbers can be decomposed in a variety of ways. So let me give you an example. 52. It's a two-digit number. This is how you decompose it. 52 is five tens and two ones, right? Or it's four tens and 12 ones. So play with it like a puzzle. Get popsicle sticks and lay them out and count 31 and then talk about ones and tens and different ways you can say that same number. Geometry, identifying and naming two-dimensional shapes. So we all know square, rectangle, triangle, circle, but are you talking about hexagon, rhombus, trapezoid? Those are in the first grade math standards. So play with that while you're hanging out this summer. And then the last math standard we'll do for first grade is interesting to me because no one has a real clock anymore. Um, it is knowing the analog and the digital clocks, telling time to the hour and half hour. And really, there are a lot of kids that really have never seen a clock with a, with hands. So getting a paper plate and drawing the numbers and moving the big hand and the little hand and talking about what time it is, is really helpful for someone going into first grade next year. I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. Is there uh, any kind of book or series of books that you would recommend for a parent to learn these concepts and have something in front of their face? Or did you write something? That's the my book you'll have to read. Uh, yes, okay. coming soon. I love it. Thanks for teeing that sure. up. Um, so now we're going to enter, oh, we're going to do English language arts for first grade. First grade. So you want to, um, first grade is a big grade for the beginning, middle, and end of a story. And it's retelling text, but using key details. And I taught first grade. So I can tell you when we read Little Red Riding Hood. I'm hearing all the details. I'm hearing what the trees looked like. I'm hearing, you know, what her basket looked like. And I'm saying, okay, hold up. If I just need to know beginning, middle, and end, what are the details? Like, let's focus. And it's difficult. It's difficult to know what are the important details. Well, she had to visit her grandmother. The wolf came out. And then at the end, you know, you go through the story. So it helps kids kind of whittle down what the information is into what's the details that are necessary, beginning, middle, and end. Another one is to read or listen to books to compare and contrast either authors or genre studies. So I used to do um, author studies like Eric Carle, authors that have written a lot of books like Bill Martin Jr. And then talk about how is this book the same? You know, how is The Very Hungry Caterpillar? How does that compare to The Very Quiet Cricket? Well, the very quiet cricket at the end makes a noise. How cool is that? And so just even um, genres like poetry or books about, you know, bears and comparing and contrasting. 
And adding that Venn diagram, if you remember what that is, is, is a bonus in first grade. Uh, and this, this requires me to say something. I already know the answer, but please tell me how important it is to read to or with your child. So important because you're instilling a love of reading. A love of reading is so important. And then having fun with language, you know, to the love of reading is having fun with language. And it's so fun to do literary devices like rhythm, repetitive language, similes, like play with those, play with those. The sound devices are super fun, like rhyming and onomatopoeia with like kaboom, all the Batman, when you can see they write what the sound is, that's an onomatopoeia. And then you've got alliterations. See, see, <laughs> she sells seashells by the seashore. Easy for you to say. So yeah, have fun with language and, and do that in um, first grade. So if your child's entering second grade next year for math, something they will need to do is compare two numbers with up to three digits using words and symbols. So you've got greater than, equal to, and less than. Just play with those numbers. Write them on index cards flip them around, move them around, have the symbols greater than, less than, equal on an index card, put it in the middle, show what you know. The little trick is the the alligator mouth is open to the bigger he wants to eat the most. So have that facing the bigger number. Those kinds of little tricks this summer, your child will be rocking the, the two-digit numbers next year, three-digit numbers. Then you want to demonstrate fluency with addition and related subtraction facts through 20. So what that means is 12 plus 8 equals 20. 20 minus 12 equals 8. So you're playing with those numbers to see how addition and subtraction are related. You can use those same three numbers, and if you move them, move them around, you have new equations. Again, fun. It's like puzzles. Math is so much fun. And then the, the next second grade standards, money. And solving real world or story problems with dollar bills using the dollar symbol or quarters, dimes, nickels, pennies using the cents symbol. And I'm going to give a little advice to parents. Don't trust those plastic money sets. Those drive me crazy. They do not look like the real coins and it's very confusing. So use real money. Go get some. I don't use real cash. I I put everything on my credit card, but um, geometry, identifying triangles, quadrilaterals, hexagons, cubes, drawing shapes, having specified app attributes such as a given number of angles or a given number of equal faces. So much math vocabulary in that activity. So play around with geometry. That is a big deal in second grade. English language arts. In second grade, you're developing your effective keyboarding skills. So yes, get on those computers, type some stuff up, write a note, email somebody. Can I tell you the most valuable, now this dates me of course, but it's right along with what you're saying. My most valuable class ever in all of my schooling was a typing class. Seriously. And who knew we would need it who today? Knew? And right? I'm on a computer every, and I'm pretty good. It's amazing. But it, you know, you must have that skill. You cannot yes. get by without it. So I remember typing class. F, F, F space. L, L space. Okay. Um, so ELA, English Language Arts, in second grade, develop effective keyboarding skills. Do it. Use and apply knowledge of vowel diphthongs. Interesting. Also known as the gliding vowel. And you, that's a combination of two adjacent vowel sounds like boy and by. Like you're, it's, it's tough, but diphthongs are important. So bring that up and use that vocabulary. And parents Google things if you don't know. It's all out there. And, and can I say there is no excuse 
to not know something when we have these many computers in our own hands, right? Exactly. Look up anything and you'll find the answer. Yeah, exactly. Um, another ELA standard in second grade is to make predictions before and during reading. So parents, it's important sometimes to pause while you're reading. Mm-hmm. Don't don't race through the book because you want them to confirm or modify their thinking. Stop for a minute and say, what do you think? What do you think the bunny's going to do next? Or how do you feel about that? And have conversations about literature. All right, let's move into third grade math. And this is the big year for fractions. So if your child is going to third grade next year, get out the measuring cups and the measuring spoons because the more fractions you can practice, the better. What a third grader has to do by the end of third grade is develop an understanding of fractions with denominators two, three, four, six, eight, and 10. Wow. So those that's your cooking right there. Mm-hmm. I would recommend playing basketball. This is a fun fraction activity. So say you're going to, let's say, let's shoot 10, 10, 10 free throws. Keep track and then show your results in a fraction. So if you made six out of the 10 shots, you were successful six tenths of the time. Great way to start fractions with your kids. So they have some fun, they get some exercise and they're learning fractions. Use place value to round whole numbers to the nearest 10 or 100. So you're going to make this also concrete, very abstract. Get some numbers on index cards, move them around and play with rounding numbers. Understand the concept of area measurement. And I love this one in third grade. You're going to look at different arrays and counting standard unit squares. And you're going to think of an Excel spreadsheet. You've got rows and columns. You can tape squares. They're called arrays. The columns and columns are columns and rows are called arrays. Tape them to the floor and talk about where they are and how you relate to them. Um, think about the game Battleship. Play it. A four. Mm, you sunk you my sunk battleship. My battleship that's right. <laughs> Measurement and data analysis. Estimate and measure liquid volume. So that's capacity in customary units like quart, gallon, and metric units, milliliter and liter to the nearest whole unit. So again, get in the kitchen, do some measuring and Google. If you don't know what half a cup is in metrics, Google it and talk about it. And then the last third grade math standard is to use a right angle as a benchmark to identify and sketch acute and obtuse angles. Mm. So do you remember those? Just talk about that this summer and talk about the different angles you see when you're out. See, look, before you continue, this is, this is exactly what we've been, you have been teaching all of these episodes, which is bringing that abstract way of looking at things into the classroom. Yes, you could have a boring, you know, chalk on a chalkboard and just somebody droning on about a formula, or you can talk about real world experiences and how it equates to math and literature. I, I love this. Thank you, Ron. So we're going to move into English language arts for third grade. And here's a fun one. Identify and know the meaning of the most common prefixes and suffixes. Again, use that phrase, prefix, suffix. And the the most common prefixes are pre, post, dis, in, and re, re. And then the suffixes, ed, ing, ly, and s. Again, chop them up. Get some index cards. Chop them up. Move them around and see what different words you come up with. Another fun um, English language arts Standard is to describe character traits, motivations, and feelings and explain how their actions contribute to the development of the plot in a story. And I love this in fifth grade. So it is a third grade standard. But in fifth grade, I did this 
we would study character traits and I combined this with math and we made character trait cubes. So we created cubes, but on each of the sides of the cube, they had to write a trait of the character in the book mm. they were reading. So you've got both English, English language arts and math standards combined in that activity. It was something of your own device? Of course. Wow, brilliant. Yes. Entering fourth grade next year. So if your child is entering fourth grade this summer, you could practice comparing fractions with unlike denominators by creating common denominators. So make that fun. You've got two thirds and you've got one eighth. Well, which one's bigger? I don't know. So how would you do it? Well, let's turn them both into thirds and take a measuring cup and watch it happen. Like you said earlier, don't do the formula. Don't, don't make it a math problem. Make it an in the kitchen, which one's bigger, which one's smaller, bigger, more capacity. Play around with it. Dump water. Have fun. Another math standard in fourth grade, multiplication again. We're going to see that a lot. Up to four digit. So you're going to multiply up to a four digit number by a one digit number. There's, there's a lot of great books. There's one um, for younger students called Each Orange Had Eight Slices. But I used that with my fifth graders because, again, when you can see it happen in a book and then take a real orange, divide it up and talk about the multiplication and the way the numbers go together to create, just like an array, the Excel spreadsheet, you can use columns and rows. So many fun ways to manipulate math. And then the last one, last math standard for fourth grade we'll talk about is to apply area and perimeter formulas for rectangles. Mm. The one I love for this one, wrapping presents. You need to know the area oh, and the perimeter. Yes, of course. And you know, some of the wrapping paper now on the back has the squares. I think it's to help you cut because, you know, mine were always crooked. I would just go and it's not even. Now they have squares on the back so you can cut along the line. That's perfect for perimeter and area. Now you can actually count the squares. Mm. Brilliant. So English language arts for fourth grade demonstrate command of the conventions of standard English. Big. Capitalize names of magazines, newspapers, works of art, musical compositions. Use apostrophes to form possessives and contractions. Quotation marks, commas, commas before a coordinating conjunction in a compound sentence. These kinds of things are so important for students in fourth grade to understand by the end of fourth grade. All right. Are we ready to move on to our last grade level? Yes. And and believe it or not, we don't have much time left. (laughs) I'll talk fast. Okay. Fifth grade, my favorite, where I taught. So math, adding and subtraction or adding and subtracting fractions with unlike denominators. Mm. So you even include mixed numbers. Big. Geometry, defining a coordinate system. Remember the X and Y axis? Get that fun tape out and play with it. They're perpendicular number lines that intersect at the zero, the origin. Any point on the coordinate plane can be represented by its coordinates. There's Battleship again. Get it out. Play the game. English language arts for fifth grade. So fun. Demonstrate command of the conventions of standard English grammar and usage when writing or speaking. So again, we've got conjunctions. Those are and, but, although. We've got prepositions. They express, express spatial relations under, over, beside, between. And then we have interjections. That expresses an emotion. It's kind of informal grammar like, uh-oh, or, well, it's time to go. So those are interjections. 
Form and use the perfect verb tenses. Oh, my College of Charleston students need to know that. No offense, but. (laughs) And then use verb tense to convey various times, sequences, states, and conditions. And lastly, use conjunctions that correlate pairs of words that connect ideas like either or, neither nor, only but, as so, and not but. So those are, that's our field trip through through, uh, kindergarten through fifth grade. And I want to tell you, Ron, I have this incredible five-day free workshop, August 7th through the 11th, where I will spend 90 minutes on a Zoom call with parents going through activities like these and so much more for each grade level standard. We will take a deep dive into where their child will be in the next school year and we'll explore math, English language arts, science, and social studies by grade level, thinking of the spiral curriculum and how we go, we revisit it each year. And I'm so excited about the transform, transformational opportunity for parents. And I want listeners to be part of it. It's free. We will have this conversation back and forth, questions, answers. You can follow me on Instagram to learn more, Robin underscore Berlinski. DM me if you want more information. Whether you're a grandparent, a parent, or a program provider, this five-day workshop will change the way you play, interact, and spend quality time with your children. I, I love this. I, look, the bottom line is everybody has busy schedules. We recognize that. But parents really have to invest in their kids. And letting them just play all summer is not helping. And playing is fun when you're intentional. And this is a way to work smarter, not harder. Right, right, right. You're not... Like I said, I keep using flashcards, but it's kind of that, remember Hooked on Phonics? It's this like you buy this system and you try to force your child to the kitchen table to do this thing they don't want to do because it's summer. They want to play. And this system is a way to play. And then they're catching all the right vocabulary. They're understanding all the right concepts and they've learned it in a concrete way. See, I don't know if this summer learning loss is is a new concept. It wasn't around when I was a kid. And I remember after the summer, you went back to school, and there was all that relearning of stuff that we, you know, we forgot since last year and having to start again. How many months of wasted school was there before you were kind of back up to where you should have been? So, I mean, look, all this takes is for the parents to make a commitment to their children, listen to your podcast, take some notes, and have fun. And next time, Ron, we'll do um, science and social studies. So this was math and English language arts, our field trip. Next time, we'll take a field trip, kindergarten through fifth grade, with science and social studies. So you've taught first grade and fifth grade. Yes, and juniors in college. What a what a, an amazing spread. And, I and, know. And which was your favorite? Ooh, uh, it's tough. Fifth. It's it's fifth. Yeah. They they're you know, at the end of the year they're turning into middle schoolers and they understand sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> really? They do. <laughs> and they're funny. That's wonderful. Well, I must say, even though you were the guest today, you did a fabulous job. I always learn something in these conversations, and I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting here next to you. I really, you know, there's great substance That's here. the intent, right? Right. So uh, people can go to the podcast, listen, take notes, and start. In fact, I'm sure you'd love to hear some of the success stories when people do this at home and, and let Robin know. Go to learningring.com and let her know how successful you were. We have to wrap this up, Robin, because you've been listening to Energy Matters in the Classroom with Robin Berlinski. We hope you've enjoyed this episode, and we'd love your feedback, again, at learningring.com, where you can also reach out to Robin with questions, your comments, and even chances to win prizes. Thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>